from your fiend, Rico Desti. Just yesterday, he was visiting your old pal, the Crypt Keeper, looking for Merry Mayhem to share on this high holiday. Poetry? Hmm. Well, let's just look in the tales book from my library. Ah. Here it is, Eye of Newt and Toe of Frog, Wool of Path and Tongue of Dog, Adder's Fork and Blindworm's Sting, Lizard's Leg and Owlet's Wing. For a charm of most powerful trouble, like a hell brought boil and battle. <laughs> and now, just imagine a dark and misty room. A room so dark that you are only vaguely aware of a blurry shape in it. The shape wavers, and before your eyes, is it really there? It slowly materializes and comes closer. Closer. Maybe it will just go away, you hope. It comes closer and closer and... Here's Rico! You know there is a child in every one of us who still is a trick-or-treater looking for a brightly lit porch. <laughs> but I digest. Let's move on to Rico's psychotic episode, Army of Darkness, and his slithering psychic, the Chin, Bruce Campbell. I call it Romancing the Necronomicon. And here is the right bit of musical madness to get you into the right mood. 
Well, thank you, Vartok, for that excellent opening to today's special Halloween edition of Treks in Sci-Fi. This is Rico, your host. It is October the 27th, 2013. This will be podcast 460, scary podcast 460. Well, maybe not that scary. <laughs> I don't know. Welcome to the show uh, after that great intro that Vartok put together uh, for today's, again, special Halloween show, where we're going to be looking at uh, one of my favorite uh sort of, I guess you could call it a Halloween film. There's certainly scary uh, stuff in it, but it's also a comedy too. It's just a great movie uh, overall. Uh, Army of Darkness is what we're going to be covering. Uh, this movie uh, is, all, is, is just always fun to watch. It uh, was released back in 1993 and uh, stars, of course, Bruce Campbell, Bruce the Chin Campbell, and it's just so much fun to watch, and it's got so many great um, lines and moments in it. So we're going to look at that uh, on today's uh, spooky, scary edition of Treks in Sci-Fi. Also going to talk a little bit about our typical uh, news and things uh, to begin with, and uh, and a whole lot more. Uh, I think since we did that opening intro, uh, I'm just going to sort of segue right into our, our, our news and information sort of section of the show, and then we'll be talking about uh, Army of Darkness after that. First up, let's talk uh, Star Trek, uh, what's going on in the world of Star Trek. Not a lot of news there. i talk about a few things uh, one thing, uh, Larry Nemechek, uh, uh, who has been on the podcast before, uh, he's done Star Trek books and he works at, or plays McCoy on the Star Trek Continues uh, web series, fan series that, that are current. Or I think they either are currently or finishing up. I think they're currently finishing up the second episode of that. Also, they've got a Kickstarter campaign going. I urge everyone. Uh, their first episode was great. Brought back Apollo from the original series. So search for Star Trek Continues on Kickstarter, also on Facebook, and uh, they're doing some great stuff. And Larry plays uh, Bones or McCoy on that, but he's released another a CD uh, from his Trekland uh, a collection of audio uh, off of cassettes, actually, but uh, enhanced and adjusted for uh, a digital uh, version on a CD that this can be purchased over on uh, Amazon. This is volume two, and, and what Larry has with this is it's basically uh, interviews and things with different people like Michael Piller, uh, Brandon Braga, Ron Moore, and guys, th this volume two set is about all about uh comments and stories about the last episode of TNG about all good things so that's kind of the theme of this disc there was a volume one that he put out too that you can I think still purchase on Amazon I'll try to put links in the podcast notes for this week but uh, really cool stuff you know it's really great to see this stuff out there and archived for for uh, for all of us to listen to you know there's uh, so many things get lost over the years and even though this wasn't really in a way that long ago i mean 20 years i guess it's a while <laughs> but uh you know it's it's really nice when a collection like this comes out and puts everything together so uh, that again can be purchased if you search for um trekland uh it's volume two over on amazon and rumors are still swirling about uh, you know a possible new trek series bob orsi has supposedly talked to uh CBS, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with all this. I mean, I, I still have, have my doubts. I mean, obviously this season of, of, uh, television is pretty well set next year. You know, 
I, there's no way to me they'd get, they'd get a series going. So we're still a couple of years away from any real possibility, in my opinion. Uh, I, I, you know, I'd love to have it happen again, and I think it will happen again. I still think it won't happen again until after the next movie, but that's just my opinion. Uh, so we'll see what happens. We've got um, also the TNG Season 5 box set for Blu-ray uh, and the Unification Blu-ray. They'll be coming out uh on November 19th in the U.S., so only a few weeks away, about three weeks, three and a half weeks away, something like that. This, uh, you know, we're getting close. We've only got to have after this a couple of seasons, uh, and I, I'm assuming I don't think this. I don't think we'll get any more TNG Blu-ray until probably 2014. I think this November set will do it. We'll probably get the last two seasons in early 2014. You know, these have been great. Uh, the the quality of what they've been doing with these is is really super. Uh, the enhanced effects. You know, of course, the HD versions of these episodes are are just just great to see. I, I haven't heard anything about a. Uh, a movie for you know like where they're gonna do a couple episodes or anything at the theaters like they've done uh for some of the other releases so i'll i'll try to keep everyone posted on that um oh i want to break in here too to talk a little bit about uh a couple of things about the website and a and a order i mentioned this done last week on uh i i kind of cut into uh m5 mark's podcast uh, uh, on the thing from another world. I talked about a polo shirts that we're doing for Treks and Sci-Fi. Yeah, those are still going on. I'm going to extend the order deadline to like Halloween, I think. Uh, but uh, you can find links to order your polo shirt. It's got embroidered uh, logo and Delta Shield uh, on the uh, chest, and, and it's a dark gray color, and I think these things are going to be really nice. I want to do something, do something besides a t-shirt uh, for a change. So, Anyway, you can find links on treksandsci-fi.com. You can find them on our Facebook group, on the forum, lots of places. The orders are via PayPal. They're about $25, $26, depending on the size you get. Uh, that includes shipping. So uh, get your order in. You've got a few days to go still on that. Uh, I'd love to get a few more orders uh, so we can uh, keep uh, the prices down. So thanks, everyone, who have um, who's who've ordered so far, and I appreciate any new orders coming in in the next few days. So. I think that will be a lot of uh, fun to have, and uh, I'm hoping to get mine so I can wear it to the Austin Comic Con that I'm going to uh, towards the end of November. Anyone in the Texas, Austin area, or whatever, how far away that is from big cities, other big cities in Texas, I have no idea, really. <laughs> I'm flying there, but uh, I will be there the entire weekend. You can, you'll be able to find me hanging out uh, at around the Anomaly uh, uh, fan uh, table that they've got going there, the Anomaly podcast ladies. Both Jen and Angela are going to be there. We're going to be in costumes for uh, some or all. I don't, well, I certainly probably won't be in the costume for all the, the weekend, but I think Saturday is the big uh, day where we're going to be wearing our Trek costumes. I think that's probably what's going to happen. I, I hope, I think. I think that'll be uh, the big day at the con, and that's when I'd like to do that. But uh, anyway, uh, so, uh, yeah, I'll be there Friday. It opens in Friday afternoon, and then uh, staying in a nearby hotel, and I've got uh, the uniforms pretty well set at this stage. got a couple little things left to do on it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be great. I'm really looking forward to it. It's been a long time since I went to a, a convention out of town, and I'm really looking forward to finally meeting in person Jen and Angela and hanging out with them and uh, just just uh, hopefully 
meet some other listeners down there too. So I'm uh, really looking forward to it. It is the weekend before Thanksgiving. If you search online Wizard World uh, and then just search for the Austin Comic Con, uh, Wizard World is putting it on. It is, I think, the 22nd to the 24th, I think is what it is. Whatever that weekend is before Thanksgiving, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday uh, in November, just about a month away, a little less than a month away, actually. And uh, I'll be there, uh, like I said, the whole time, the whole convention, um, actually coming in early on Friday and then leaving not until uh, Monday. And so, yeah, it's going to be cool. Going to be a lot of fun. Let's talk a little bit about Star Wars. Uh, of course, you know, Episode 7, still uh, in, you know, in the pre-production stage. Not a whole lot of announcements there. Uh, a few things. One, I guess the biggest announcement was that Lawrence Kasdan and J.J. Abrams are kind of taking over the script writing on this. Uh, you know, there was a guy... Uh, Arndt or whatever his last name was. He worked on the Toy Stories movie. Uh, he uh, he is now out of the picture. I, and there's a lot of talk and rumor about it, whether his script is totally being redone uh, or you know what what they're doing. If they're keeping some of it, are they are they rewriting the whole thing? You know, it's it's very hard to say. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's that's the that's what's going on there. I mean, big big change and. It's only going to, to me, delay the whole process. I mean, I'm not really sure. Uh, I don't really understand it. I can understand them polishing the script, but this idea that they might be just redoing the whole thing, i that's hard to understand or believe. I mean, you'd think that they'd be, you know, kind of following along with what this guy was doing and, and say, hey, you know, this is the kind of story we want to lay out. And uh, I... I, I, I really believe that the story itself, the basic story, has got to be the same and that the, it's just the script that they're tweaking and, and changing uh, to some level. Who, who knows? I'm not sure. And and we're getting uh, – it's Michael Arndt. That's the guy's name. Uh, I mean, there's there's things here, you know, like there are a few people, let's see, uh, da, 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 involved – uh, JJ and, and Lawrence, incredible storytellers. Da, da, da. Michael Arten had done has done a terrific job bringing us to the point we have an amazing filmmaking and design team prepping for production. So I don't know. I, I my my guess is that they're just tweaking the script uh, and, and adjusting stuff rather than a complete rewrite. That would be that would shock me. Uh, I think uh, just because I don't think these things are done in a vacuum. It's not like this Michael Arndt guy was out in a closet somewhere writing what he felt like. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. So uh, so that's going on. Uh, they're still saying this is going to come out in, in, in uh, you know, 2015 and, and sometime in the summer, hopefully, of 2015. I mean, there are, there's talk that it could get pushed to the end of 2015. I, I, I just have always strongly felt that, that Star Wars needs to be a summer film. I, I, I would... I'd be kind of disappointed. I'd, I'd actually, frankly, prefer to wait until the summer of 2016 rather than to have it at like a holiday 2015 release. That's how much I, I think I associate Star Wars films with the spring summertime. I, I just, I just really feel pretty strong about that. Although, of course, every movie in the world seems to be coming out in 2015, isn't it? Oh, we're 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 getting you know the next Avengers. 
we're getting, and I know I'm going to forget a whole bunch, but we're getting, of course, the Superman Batman movie. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, just a, a lot of things are going to be out that year. I think the next, well, no, next Transformers is next summer. So, uh, but yeah, we'll see what happens. You know, I, I, I think that once we get into, I, I think that things are going to be kind of quiet as far as news on this until we get into the early part of 2014 when things will get pretty serious. And I think that we'll hear more of, you know, the cast, maybe some of the roles they're playing, uh, maybe get an idea of what the story is to a degree, uh, perhaps a title, you know, an episode, whatever. Uh, it, wasn't it? Uh, I'm trying to remember. I think that the uh, titles for the prequels were announced pretty far ahead of time, weren't they? Like, like almost a year before the movies came out. So, uh, I, I don't think they held the, the titles back for too long. So, if I remember right. So we will see. I would like a title. It would be nice to have a title at some point rather than to keep calling it Episode 7 or Ep7 for those who can't handle saying the Episode 7 all out. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, we'll pay, keep paying attention to what's going on with that. Uh, Harrison Ford, of course, is being barraged with questions you know, related to his involvement in this, especially since he's doing a lot of press right now for Ender's Game, which comes out uh, next Friday, which... You know, I know there's a lot of controversy about that movie related to the author and some of his views on, uh, you know, certain gay rights or gay issues and, and so forth. And, uh, you know, beyond all that, I you know, I, I read the book years ago, enjoyed the book. So I am going to see the movie. I can kind of separate the two. I, I, I don't, um, you know, I don't feel that, I guess, strongly that just because this guy wrote a book that they eventually adapted into a movie. And I don't see eye to eye on everything that he might see this a certain way I, I still can go see and enjoy the movie i mean also when you think about it uh i mean the guys that put put this movie together really are not him so uh, and and from what i'm seeing from the trailers i i think this movie is diverging a fair amount from the book from what i can tell so far so uh i, I you know maybe that's a good thing i don't i don't know i mean i, I thought the book was good but uh we'll see i i, I am gonna go see it but um and, you know, I haven't think I've had a chance. Did I have a chance to, uh, I think I've mentioned Gravity, right? I mentioned, yeah, I know I, I mentioned Gravity, how great that movie was. I, yeah, I did a podcast since I saw that. So, uh, yeah, definitely uh, definitely cool, definitely worth uh, worth your time to go see that one in the theaters. Definitely, folks, uh, go, go check it out. I did see Escape Plan last weekend. Not really a sci-fi movie, but, of course, action stars that have done a lot of sci-fi and fantasy. Arnold Schwarzenegger and... Uh, yeah, it was fantastic. The movie was so good. You know, I did it with uh, Stallone. You know, Sly. I call him Sly. I can't do. Um, I can't do a an Arnold impression as good as Chris. But uh, yeah, it was Will Sylvester Stallone and Arnold. They they had to escape out of this super maximum security prison thing. It was fun. It's exactly what you'd think it would be, and 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 what you can tell from the the previews. I thought it was a fun movie, but. Uh, um, but yeah, let's, uh, let's segue slightly over to TV, what's been going on there, and then we're going to get into Army of Darkness. Okay, uh, television. Let's see. Sort of go through what's what I'm watching. Walking Dead is back. Walking Dead is uh, amazing. I, I'm I'm loving this season so far. 
I, I, I love the way that the show has kind of shifted and changed and just, uh, it, it's, it's just as excellent and as good as ever, in my opinion, uh, still enjoying the comic too. You know, the comic book is quite a bit different and is, is, uh, a whole different storyline kind of going on there than there is in the uh, TV show. So they're, they're just sort of two, it's sort of like an alternate universe of, of the walking dead, uh, with a few overlapping characters and that's about it right now. So enjoying that uh, a great deal sleepy hollow still liking that it's off the air for a few weeks i guess because of preemptive uh sports and other things on fox on monday nights um also uh agents of shield marvel agents of shield there's a lot of basically uh some talk on the internet that i've been seeing in some uh, uh, facebook and different other places people seem to be sort of mixed on this series I don't think they're really all that thrilled a, a lot of people. I mean, I'm enjoying it. I, I, I think, I, though, I, I I expected it to be like this. I expected it to be more of a, you know, this this spy-type show. It's about the S.H.I.E.L.D., whether this is really the way you would think S.H.I.E.L.D. should be uh, on a TV show or whatever, you know, compared to the way it's represented in comics, I you know, whatever. But it's not going to be Thor and Iron Man and Captain America you know, killing or, or, or going after bad guys each week. I mean, the, this is a small group. They don't have powers, any of them, right? So, I mean, you know, it's it's the way it is. I, I don't want it to turn into, though, a super-powered kind of bad guy of the week. And, and they've had a couple of episodes like that. And uh, I, I, I hope that it doesn't go that way. I'd prefer a more overarching story. There's a little bit of that going on. I'm liking the characters. I would like them to get a little bit more deeper involved with some of them. I feel like I don't even know the tech heads very well. Fitzsimmons, Fitz and Simmons. I don't. I, I feel like I don't even ha- have any clue about them. They've been spending a lot of time getting to know that Sky girl on there. You know the hacker, uh, and, and Coulson is interesting. And, and I like uh, um, uh, Matilda or what's her May May or whatever wh- whatever her name is who flies the plane. Ming-Na's character, she's great. I, I really like her character a lot. But uh, I think they need to spend some more time with the characters and, and, and get us to understand and know them a little bit more. Um, uh, the Tomorrow People on uh, Wednesday on CW. Yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying that show. There, there's something about it that's still not quite doing it for me. I don't know what it is exactly. But, uh, you know, it's 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 getting better each week i think and and, and i'm going to stick with it but uh it, it's an interesting premise i like it I, I i'm having a little trouble with some of the characters i find them kind of a little flat in, in some ways uh actually one of the most interesting characters is the main bad guy i think i don't know i find him kind of interesting but uh but yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna watch it i'm enjoying it probably about as much as shield um but the um the best to me comic type show on is Arrow, which is back, of course, on Wednesdays, uh, at least in the U.S. on the CW. Just, just a great show. You know, it's basically DC's Green Arrow on TV. This is its second season. It, it's, it's really, really good. Uh, Summer Glau is on there now, so I highly recommend that show. And also, you can watch uh, season one on Netflix. The whole season, the first season, is on, on there, so you can get caught up. Uh, and Big Bang Theory is still good. Uh, still enjoyable show. What else? Uh, and uh, Grimm is back. The first episode of the the new season of Grimm uh, just, just started kind of a zombie show in a way for the first one. It's a two-parter. And, uh, yeah, lots of fun to see that back, too. And I'm sure I'm missing a few things. But um, I've I, also been enjoying, although it's off the air until, I guess, early January, 
uh, Beware the Batman, uh, an animated show. I, I'd recommend people, if you want to get caught up on a cool little animated version of Batman, check it out. I don't know if you can find it where you can find it online. I think it airs on uh, Cartoon Network, right? And uh, But, uh, yeah, check that out, too. All right, I'm going to take a uh, another quick little break, and uh, we'll be getting into Army of Darkness. Army of Darkness. This uh, this is a great movie. I, I I'm not sure. You know, always when I do these, even for a 20 year old movie, I'm not sure if everyone's seen it. Uh, there will definitely be spoilers for this film. Uh, but uh, but yeah, this is, this movie is basically uh, the third in the sort of the original Evil Dead trilogy. There was Evil Dead One. Evil Dead 2, and then Army of Darkness, uh, which uh, originally, or, or one of the working titles was Evil Dead 3, colon, Army of Darkness, but they settled on just calling it Army of Darkness on its own, which I think is good and fine. It uh, has a running time of, of varying lengths. This this movie has a couple different versions out there. I'm going to discuss that as we go through the, the show, but it's basically about a 90-minute 90, uh, 90 uh movie up to 96 at some points uh with uh multiple a couple different endings for it we'll talk about that later on too of course this movie reunites and and brings together again bruce campbell starring as ash along with director sam raimi uh for uh working on this film you know these guys are both michigan boys so i i you know i've got uh you know, a lot of respect for them since I'm from Michigan, and they worked on, of course, a very low-budget films, Evil Dead 1 and 2, and each time, you know, got a little bit more clout and reputation and, and money behind them. So this movie uh, had, had a budget. They boosted it actually up to about $13 million, uh, which doesn't sound like anything these days, of course. But, uh, you know, that was quite a bit for these guys who, you know, had worked with very low budgets before and did a lot of very low budget early work and film and stuff around the Michigan area. But it, uh, yeah, about $13 million for the budget. And it only did about $22 million at the box office. But it's it's gained a huge cult following over the years. You know, this movie, it's one I always like to pull out every, every so often, especially around Halloween. Uh, it, it's got, you know bad witches and skeletons and and crazy creatures and 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 just lots of lots of fun stuff like that it's also got a lot of comedy you know there's even in those evil dead films with bruce campbell you know bruce campbell is one of those actors and characters that he he just can't you know really take himself too seriously you know he he just uh <laughs> he just likes to joke around and they write scripts i think with that in mind uh even he, even when he was on uh burn notice in the last you know 6 7 years you know he, he you know he plays sam axe on that one and just had to joke around quite a bit uh, and he, you know, he's just, he's just, he tells it like it is. And, and, and I like him a lot. I saw him in person once a few years ago at a, at a, in a screening of, uh, the movie that basically where he plays himself. Was that, what was that called again? Bruce Campbell. I'll, I'll look it up when I play one of the clips, but, uh, but he did a Q and a kind of during that presentation of that movie. And, uh, it was just, he's just a cool guy, 
real cool guy, and uh, I just uh, really enjoy this movie. A fun one, and lots of great lines, lots of great clips. Uh, couple of other little things besides a spoiler warning. This movie has a little bit of language in it, which you'll hear a little bit in these clips. Nothing that bad, I don't think. Uh, let's just say the, the S word is said, but not the F word. <laughs> so for anyone listening, if you've got kids around, I don't think it's that bad. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think it's probably every word you're going to hear in these clips you can hear on regular TV these days. So, um but it was, yeah, it was originally, it uh, had a world premiere in October of uh, 1992, but it didn't officially release until February 19th, 1993. And uh, again, this brings back the character of Ash from the Evil Dead films. And it's it's pretty much a direct sequel and a, a direct follow-up to uh, to the uh, What Happens at the End of the Evil Dead uh, 2 movie. So, uh, you know, it's nice that they, you know, keep that all rolling and it's not really that separate uh but um yeah so let's get into it i guess let's play the uh the first clip and this is at the very beginning uh early stage of the movie it kind of gives you a little background of what happened uh in the evil dead film especially the second one and uh and then also what leads him into um, what happens at the beginning of army of darkness which sets the stage for the uh, rest of the movie um hardware aisle 12 Shop smart, shop S-smart. <laughs> I had a wonderful girlfriend, Linda. Together we drove to a small cabin in the mountains. It seems an archaeologist had come to this remote place to translate and study his latest find. Necronomicon Ex Mortis, the Book of the Dead. Found in human flesh and inked in blood, this ancient Sumerian text contained bizarre burial rites, funerary incantations, and demon resurrection passages. It was never meant for the world of the living. The book awoke something dark in the woods. It took Linda. And then it came for me. It got into my hand and it went bad. So I lopped it off at the wrist. But that didn't stop it. It came back. Big time. Yeah, so there is this portal that uh, pulls Ash uh, inside of it, and and in the, through this time portal, he ends up Ash, uh, whose last name is Ash, actually Williams. I don't know, I think you hardly ever hear that in this, uh, in these movies. You know, everyone just calls him Ash. It seems like, but he lands in like 1300 A.D. 
and he's immediately captured by these uh, Lord Arthur's men, and they expect they think he's this agent for uh, Duke Henry, which is their, you know, who they're at war with. Uh, but uh, but of course he doesn't know what's going on. He's been uh, brought to this land through this portal, uh, you know, against his will, and not you know, he, he's just kind of stuck there in the middle of this uh, you know warring uh, kingdoms. Uh, the a couple of things here. One of the things that happens when he's pulled through the portal is his car comes with him. His car is pulled through too, which which helps with some of the stuff he needs later on in the movie. Uh, but uh, the the scene where they're uh, actually uh, dropping the car, they actually had to film that scene a, a couple of different times. It, it, they lost the first car over like a cliff at, <laughs> at a quarry where they were filming it. Uh, they had the crane they brought in wasn't strong enough. The next uh, or a few days later, they brought in another crane, a larger crane. Uh, it it uh, removed the damaged uh, crane and and reshot the. Uh, car drop so uh yeah that's uh they're actually you know this is back in the days where there was no uh no real cgi going on you know when they drop a car from the falling from the sky it actually is happening <laughs> so uh the uh the the beat up that beat up car actually that oldsmobile that you see in these movies uh it actually uh belonged to director sam raimi uh, it, in it, actually, in each of the movies, it's it's a little bit more banged up than the last time. Uh, they, uh, the uh, the stuff you see, there's a quick scene too where uh, you see uh, the trunk later on uh, of the car, and a lot of that stuff that's actually in the trunk is actually belongs to Sam Raimi. That's what he actually had in his trunk. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Some nice little, uh, you know, kind of inside stuff. You know, in a way like you know the. Sam appears as a, as a couple of different characters. Sam Raimi, the director, appears as a, some of the characters in this movie pretty quickly. But uh, but anyway, yeah, I like that. I like the fact that they use some of their own stuff in it too. Uh, this uh, one of the other producers on this is Robert Tappert, who of course uh, worked on Hercules and those shows, uh, and Ivan Raimi, who is another one of the Raimi brothers. He also worked on the script with Sam. So. Uh, I guess I can run down some of the other credits here before we get too much more into the movie. Of course, Bruce Campbell is in this. M. Beth Davids plays Sheila. She is the uh, the girl, basically, in the poster. And that uh, it's like there's um, a romance going on with her and Ash in the movie. Uh, interesting enough with her character uh, that Tra- Tracy Lords, you know, the porn actress and movie star, she actually applied and, and tried out for the role of Sheila. And, you know, in a comment here that I found online said something like, you know, her and Bruce Campbell kind of hit it off and had good chemistry. But somehow, you know, for whatever reason, she didn't get the part. Uh, It went to Embeth. And um, Marcus Gilbert as Lord Arthur, Ian Crombie as the wise man. Uh, Bridget Fonda has a little cameo in here as Linda. Uh, Patricia Tallman, who, of course, people know from Babylon 5. She is the possessed witch. Uh, Ted Raimi shows up uh, in this um, movie has several different roles one of the warriors a a villager anthony he's he's one of the smart employees a clerk there um but uh uh, going back to some of the behind the scenes people uh joseph deluca uh did most of the music for this uh he uh he did uh, a good job i really like the soundtrack i think it's great and love this kind of rollicking uh 
sound and, and uh, stuff that he puts in. He also did the music for the first two Evil Dead movies. Danny Elfman uh, uh, does a little bit of music in here who had worked on uh, the previous movie that Sam Raimi had just done before this, Dark Man, which is a great movie too. He does, Danny does the, uh, the March of the Dead theme for Army of Darkness. And so that's pretty good on the music, I guess, side of things. It's a lot of, you know, some synthesizing orchestra stuff. Uh, and uh, the release by, uh, or this was a Dino De Laurentiis uh, production from his studio, Renaissance Pictures, distributed by Universal. So uh, I think it's now time for another clip. And I think this is one of the funny ones in the beginning of the movie. Yeah, this is about uh, Ash and his boomstick. For that arrogance, I shall see you dead. Yeah. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick. The 12 gauge double barreled Remington, S Mart's top of the line. You can find this in the sporting goods department. That's right, this sweet baby was made in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Retails for about $109.95. It's got a walnut stock, cobalt blue steel, and a hair trigger. That's right, shop smart. Shop S-Mart. You got that? Now I swear. The next one of you primates even touches me. Yeah, again, uh, Bruce Campbell, just great. Uh, a lot, a lot of humor in this movie that was added. A lot of that was added by Ivan, Ivan Reitman. Uh, after they had the script pretty much pounded out, he kind of added quite a bit more uh, fun and humor to it from what I've heard and read. Um, the original script was actually uh, only 20, or, sorry, only 43 pages, not, uh, not very long at all. Uh, let's see, what else can I slide in at this point? Uh, I guess, uh, you know, it's just, uh, there's something about this, you know, that's kind of schlocky and kind of grindhouse kind of a movie. Um, oh, I, I guess I'll slide it in right here before I forget about it. I was going to say it at the very end, but uh, but the uh, they've been recently, uh, and this is kind of an appropriate podcast, I guess, but just in the last week or two, uh, Bruce Campbell was recently at a convention where he announced that he is working and going to be working on an Army of Darkness 2 movie, you know, bringing back his character of Ash, and that uh, now it's been announced and, and said uh, that I've read here, I'm reading it right now, this actually just came out online yesterday, uh, how appropriate, uh, but Sam Raimi is saying uh, that he is going to direct the movie too, so uh, yeah, that would be great, and uh, when we get to talking about... Uh, about the ending of this movie it'll be interesting to see how that goes because there are uh, like I said really two different ways they end this movie so it'll be kind of uh, so it'll be kind of interesting to see what they uh, 
which way they go with it, uh, you know, and how they uh, how they approach it with those two different endings. I can see a way to do it, a couple different ways to do it, but um, let's do another clip. Yeah, let's do another one. This one I, I think is there, there's this witch in the movie, uh, and uh, she's warning I think them at this point a little bit about the Necromonicon, this book that they have to find. So uh, check this out. Can you send me back or not? Only the Necronomicon has the power, an unholy book which we also require. Within its pages are passages that can send you back to your time. Only you, the promised one, can quest for it. I don't want your book. I don't want your bullshit. Just send me back to my own time, pronto, today. Yeah, funny, funny stuff. Good stuff. And uh, just, again, really uh, cool uh, work with um, some of the special effects they do in this movie. I love the practical special effects of the witch. And, you know, she's rising off the ground in that scene. And, and it's just really cool. It, it, something visceral about seeing real, you know, effects work rather than, again, CGI. I mean, CGI has its place. I understand why they do it nowadays. Although when you think about it, it's darn expensive. You know, it's it's not like CGI saves you a lot of money. I mean, I guess it saves you some money in some cases, but you know, they made a, they made this movie with a lot of cool um, skeletons and the end battles and stuff that were real practical effects and not uh, CGI'd in skeletons. Um, let's see what else. Uh, let's talk a little bit about. Uh, there's uh, some of the dubs that this. There's some of the movies when they uh, like, for example. Um, when they dub this in Italian, uh, Ash uh, says, you know, to this girl, which is, I think, coming up in the next clip, he says, you know, give me some sugar, baby. They actually changed it to saying, hail to the king, baby, <laughs> which I think is kind of funny because uh, there's a movie out there where uh, Bruce Campbell plays an older Elvis uh, living in like a old folks home where this crazy thing happens it's a good movie and that one i'm blanking on too i gotta look up this guy's imdb so i can give you the titles of these movies hang on a second all right the the movie that i just mentioned where he plays an older version of elvis is called bubba hotep that's uh, a real fun movie to see and the other one uh that i was telling you about earlier where he plays himself kind of that's also a fun movie to watch at this time of the year is called my name is bruce so check both of those out if you get a chance. Pretty much check anything that, to me, that Bruce Campbell has been involved with. I, I, I don't think there's anything that's not fun that he's really, you know, that he's been in, in you know, or any, any, you know, he just keeps working hard, does some video game voices, and, and, and he shows up, you know, his little cameos in uh, the Spider-Man films when Sam Raimi was working on those. So just a lot of, uh, a lot of fun uh, to watch on screen all the time. So... Speaking of the uh, the dubbing in the line, give me some sugar. Here is a clip where um, Sheila, the uh, the girl, and Beth Davids plays in this movie, and and Bruce kind of meet up. And at first, they of course, like all good movie uh, relationships, don't really care for each other that much. But uh, that quickly changes. So listen to this. 
wise men say that thou art the promised one. Tis said that thou wilt journey for the book to help us, and that thou wilt lead our people against the evil. The only reason I'm going to get the book is to get home. I believe that thou wilt be leaving in the morning. Don't touch that, please. Your primitive intellect wouldn't understand alloys and compositions and things with molecular structures in the... What are you doing here, anyway? I want you to say that all of my... all of my hopes and prayers go with thee, and, and I made this for thee. Good, I could use a horse blanket. some sugar, baby. Yeah, so they've, uh, you know, they meet up. Uh, he's a uh, give you a little bit of story on the plot where we're at with things right now you know he's he's they've fashioned this sort of metal armor type glove for him you know he lost his hand in one of those evil dead movies so he's got this sort of now metal hand instead of you know always having that chainsaw hook to it uh so that you see him wearing that most of the rest of the movie uh, it doesn't you really use the chainsaw a lot later on uh and then uh and then they've uh, got to the point where He's going to go out and, and try to get this, this Necromonicon, Necromonicon for uh, this Book of the Dead that um, he needs to get back to his own time and everything. There is a weird scene, that, you know, when he gets up there on, on this, uh, in this sort of graveyard area and there's, there's multiple books uh, that he has to pick up uh, and he has to decide between them. But before that... He has this weird battle that I didn't really capture any clips for of all these small versions of himself, all these evil kind of small little demons versions of himself. And one of them eventually, uh, one of them eventually kind of gets into his body and splits him into two parts, sort of the good and evil Ash. And I think the next clip is uh, about that a little. They have a little fight. And uh, in this, the, the evil Ash here kind of sets the stage for the uh the rest of what happens in the movie because the he's the one that uh, leads the big battle of the army of darkness to uh, attack the castle and all that so uh, here's two ashes fighting what are you are you me what are you argue me <laughs> you sound like a jerk why are you doing this oh you want to know because the answer's easy. I'm bad, Ash. And you're good, Ash. You're goody little two-shoes. You're goody little two-shoes, goody little two-shoes. <laughs> little goody two-shoes, 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 little goody two-shoes. Little goody two-shoes. 
I ain't that good. Yeah, that's split screen stuff. They do a pretty good job with it. You know, and you know, and again, this back in the early 90s, you know, not as easy to do as it is these days, which happens uh regularly on uh, if you watch the Vampire Diaries, there's a lot of that in there because they've been dealing with what they call on the show doppelgangers, uh, especially with the character of Elena, you see a lot of scenes with her and her double which of course is her playing another role, but but blended together, and they do an amazing job in that uh, show with that. But uh, so Bruce has to fight Bruce in this one, and or Ash has to fight Ash, I should say. Uh, next up, uh, this is one of the ba- you know biggest classic scenes from this movie, I think, where he's up there trying to get the the book, the Book of the Dead, but there's three books there. He eventually, uh, there are some cool special effects where he's trying to get each of the other books. He he has to choose between them. He doesn't know which one is which. Uh, one of them creates this sort of vortex portal that tries to suck him into it. And there's a there's a scene that's kind of a play, I think, on Bruce Campbell's big chin where his, his whole face and chin gets stretched out to a really distorted, weird, you know, odd proportion, which is one of the times, actually, this movie does use a little computer-generated effects work, I think. Uh, I don't think that was all practical work done there and the makeup or anything like that, although I think I have seen pictures where some of it was done that way. Uh, And then uh, the other book tries to bite him and attack him and then eventually gets to the final book, and he was told that he has to speak these special words, uh, Klatu Barata Nikto, which is actually uh, stealing words, three words from the classic movie The Day the Earth Stood Still from the the 1950s version of that that was the the words in that movie to that uh, she had to speak to uh, Gort the robot Gort uh, to get him to uh, help out Klaatu so anyway uh, but those words here they're using them again for this and of course Bruce Campbell he, he goofs up quite a bit in this movie as the character of Ash you know they don't like they don't want to make him perfect he, he's far from perfect in this movie and one of the things that happens that he does is he kind of forgets what the third word is and in this clip you'll you'll notice and hear that and it messes up things and this is what actually brings the army of darkness back uh, to, to the land of the living so listen to this well Seems fairly obvious. <clears throat> Ooh, wait a minute. The words. Right, right, right. Say the words. Clatu! <clears throat> Barata! <clears throat> Necktie. Nectar, nickel. Noodle. It's an N word. It's definitely an N word. Definitely an N word. Clatu, Mirada. Okay, then. 
That's it. So yeah, he's uh, he messed up, messed up on getting that book, and uh, and and that's created a big problem. And uh, it's <laughs> you know, Ash, he just can't catch a break. He just uh, he tries, he tries pretty hard. And one thing I really like about this movie too is that as as a lead actor in this movie, he gets so beat up. There are some comments online in Wikipedia and IMDb about Sam Raimi. He you know Bruce Campbell has to do a lot of stunts, a lot of action. And he gets so dirty and cut up and everything. Uh, and and Sam's told different people, I guess, to you know put him through the ringer. Kind of, they wanted to make it look like he was really having to struggle for doing and doing a lot of this. And and actually, Bruce got cut a little bit on his face uh, in in one of the scenes when they were working on this movie. And they had to actually rush him over to the hospital and get him taken care of. And uh, he uh it was actually during the the final sword fight area time of the movie he he got the cut though not from a sword but from a little decorative pin that was on his cape and they took him over to a uh to see a plastic surgeon and everything like that and it was it was funny because he has so many makeup cuts that were applied to his face you know to make him look like he's getting all cut and beat up that they actually had to point to the real one you know they had to point it out to him, to the doctor so that uh, <laughs> He'd be able to figure out, okay, which one of these is the real cut and not the fake cut. So, uh, yeah, yeah, pretty cool, I thought. Uh, uh, next up, uh, we're getting uh, later into the movie now. Uh, the Army of Darkness has, has risen. Uh, oh, I think the next clip here is the uh, – he goes back and he sees the the wizard kind of guy, the, the older guy, and tells him, you know, well, we're – you know, I got you the book. Let's, let's send me home. So, uh, of course, he has to tell him he kind of goofed up a little too. The Necronomicon, quickly. Did you bring the Necronomicon? Yeah, it's it's just that... Just what? Nothing. Here. Now send me back, like in the deal. When you removed the Necronomicon from the cradle, did you speak the words? Yeah, basically. Did you speak the exact words? Look, maybe I didn't say every single little tiny syllable, no, but basically I said them, yeah. Dung eating fool! Thou hast doomed us all! When thou misspoke the words, the army of the dead awoke. Now, whoa, 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 right there, Spinach Chin. You said that you could clean this mess up once you got that book. You said there was a passage in there that could get rid of this thing and send me back. It's true, the book still possesses the power to send you back, but to us, it is useless! The evil has a terrible hunger for the Necronomicon, and it will come here to get it. We had a deal. You wanted the damn book. I got it for you. I did my part. Now you send me back. Very well. As we are men of our word, we shall honor our bargain. The wise men shall return you to your own time. Yeah? 
Goldie was the one. Yeah, right, because that was the deal. So when do you think we can start with all the thing in the, you know, of course... Yep, so the the Evil Dead, uh, the Army of the Dead, the Army of Darkness is coming now, and uh, they have to prepare, and, uh, you know, they, uh, they, they have this sort of montage scene where they're using, you know, science and, and stuff that somehow uh, Ash has in the trunk of his car and other things that they can salvage and put together. And he, there's some funny scenes where he's teaching them to fight, which, you know, he's a guy that works at S-Smart. You know, why does he have to know how to Or how does he know how to fight? Of course, he has his boomstick, but... Uh, which they know... I don't think they ever really comment in the movie of, of like... Uh, he, and he uses it a fair amount, uh, but, uh, you know, how many, how many shells, how many shotgun shells did he have with him, really? I don't know. Maybe he had a big, big group of them in the trunk of his car. I don't know. Um, and I think I goofed up when I was talking about the, the music and, and how you say it's, uh, it's, it's not Joseph DeLuca, it's Joseph Loduca, L-O-D-U-C-A. Sorry about that, uh, but I, I had to correct that. Because actually, they messed up on the poster for this movie about that. They had his name spelled wrong. So that's their fault, not my fault. That's what I'm saying. Uh, and another thing that I forgot to say way early on in this uh, uh, coverage, I should have said that this movie... They were tweaking it, editing it, and, and trying to get to a PG-13 uh, rating, but uh, eventually the uh, they, they were able to only get it still to an R. They could never really get a, a PG-13 rating, no matter how many times they tweaked and, and edited it. They, they, they made several different cuts. Uh, actually, the, um, it, the very first thing, the first time it got sent through, there was a, they got an NC-17 rating because of... Uh, there's a female deadite, you know, deadite early in the movie that gets killed, gets decapitated, even though she's a, she's a bad, bad thing, bad creature. But you know that somehow gave it an NC-17, which is it kind of shows how far ratings have have come. I don't think it, I don't think these days. I think this movie would easily be a PG-13. Um, but uh, but yeah, they, it was released, at, at, you know, R rating, which you know it still I think did pretty good box office for an R-rated movie. Um, but um, anyway, uh, let's uh, move on to another clip. I think now we're getting to uh, the uh, the Sheila character gets carried off and, and taken away from the castle by the bad guys, by the evil Ash and his minions. And uh, she sort of turns into the Bride of Frankenstein that uh, <laughs> there's a scene where uh, the evil, ugly Ash, whose face is all messed up because Ash is... He shot him in the face with a shotgun and buried him, and he's this gross skeleton-looking thing. And he's like uh, still, but he's still Ash, so he's trying to give, you know, get some sugar from the girl. And so there's a scene where when she's brought to him that he's kissing her with his ugly, you know, grotesque face and, and everything. But then uh, a little after that, you see her, and they don't really explain anything exactly what happened, but now... Uh, now she's turned into sort of this evil version of her character. She's all, you know, kind of pale and has weird eyes and the long, weird hair. And like I said, the Bride of Frankenstein. And this next clip, I think, is her talking a little bit at the beginning. Well, my dear, say hello to the boy. I may be bad, 
feel good. Who rules? And you, my lord! Yes, sir! To the castle! The castle! But the men are afraid! If you Henry not answer us, go! Quit your belly aching! I know you're scared. We're all scared. But that doesn't mean we're cowards. We can take these deadites, we can take them! With science. Yeah, that, so that's a cool little twist of things, and uh, it's it's you know been done before. You know the the bad guy gets the girl from the good, you know from the from the hero character, and now he kind of has to save her. Uh, and uh, they um, they uh, they lead uh, the battle, the the evil Ash with his little queen beside him, with Sheila, evil Sheila beside uh, beside him into battle, and the, you know there's all this. A lot of catapults and skeletons attacking and, and, and crazy things going on. Not a lot of stuff I can capture on audio good for you. But uh, the battle goes pretty well. Eventually, um, it leads to uh, some fights between, between of course, Ash and, and the, uh, the evil versions of, of both uh, Sheila and his character. Uh, so, uh, and I think the next clip, I think, talks a little bit about that. So... Um, I think yeah, we're too, uh, you know, where he has this comment about you got real ugly to to uh, Sheila, <laughs> which there there are clips on uh, you know from this movie, a lot of clips from this movie on YouTube. I think there's a couple of co- compilations of of just all of Ash's kind of one-liners and clips, you know, from this. And I I haven't captured all of them that I'm playing here, but I I got a lot I think. So uh, but here's here's a good one for you. me beautiful once. Honey, you got real ugly. is able to um you know get rid of the you know stop the girl temporarily at least and he's there's a good fight with him and evil ash and he eventually just sort of catapults him in, into um into the air with uh, this sort of molotov cocktail holding it and he blows him up basically into a million pieces and and so uh, ash is triumphant uh they've they've destroyed the army of darkness they've got the book 
and um, the uh, the wise man guy is able to create this little potion from information he gets out of the book and it's basically he he tells them this potion will allow ash to sleep for uh one drop of potion equals 100 years of sleep so he knows when you know where he's at and uh although i think that you know they they, they kind of slough over the fact that it you know even an even amounts of if every drop is 100 years and this is supposed to be 1300 you know even if he took i guess you know what would he supposed to take like uh seven drops or something like that uh but they <laughs> they don't really get real specific but the but the problem is is that when he goes to i think they've told him to only they, they don't really i don't think mention that that the year that the movie is you know the year they're in currently so you can get around that but uh but they specifically tell him to take i think it's six drops or whatever it says in this next clip the last clip of the movie i'm going to play for you but when you watch it, you can tell that he is he is taking uh, taking too many drops. He takes one one too many drops uh, from what they've told him to do, which makes him sleep longer. And um, the uh, there are two endings though for this movie. The ending that I'm going to play for you, I've got the director's cut here that I that I went through, and I kind of like this ending in a way a little bit better because it's 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 what they had originally decided. They had originally decided the ending wasn't going to be a real happy ending. Ash is going to sleep too long, and when he wakes up, the uh, he he buries himself basically in this cave area. He he kind of seals himself in this cave to sleep like Rip Van Winkle. Uh, but uh, but he sleeps too long, and he comes out, and the whole world is basically sort of destroyed itself. But in the uh, original version for the theatrical release, uh, it, it ends up being he's back at S-Mart. He, 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 he survives the sleep, and uh, he's back to his life. And, uh, and I think a witch pops in at the end or something like that. But I kind of like the more, you know, the more disappointing ending in a way, just because it's, it, it's more appropriate for Ash just to goof up and, and not really get back to where he wants to be. So... Uh, like I said earlier on, uh, it'll be interesting to see how they deal with that for this upcoming sequel, which way they go with it. So, uh, but here is the, uh, the sort of the end of the of the battle and and the aftermath of all that, uh, the making of this little potion, and then uh, Ash uh, and I kind of just blend this clips together of Ash waking up after his uh, long sleep. The book tells us that each drop allows a man to sleep for a century. Swallow six drops, thou shalt awaken in thine own time.
I slept too long! Yeah, so that wraps up the uh, the movie Army of Darkness. Just a, just a great movie, a lot of fun to watch. Always fun to watch. It's one of those movies to me that you can watch over and over again, and it's it's just fun. Uh, it's uh, it's gotten a huge cult following over the years. Like I said, I mean, I think it was it was fairly well received when it first came out. I mean, some of the critics were kind of mixed on it. Uh, you know, they they uh, they didn't really get it. I I get this sort of campy humor and fun that this movie is putting out there. Uh, that kind of movie really appeals to me, but uh, but anyway, uh, it did uh, get some awards. Army of Darkness won the Saturn Award for Best Horror Film in 1994. Uh, it was nominated for Best Makeup. Uh, it also uh, was nominated for the Grand Prize at the Avrites Fantastic Film Festival. Uh, won the Golden Raven, the Brussels International Fantasy Festival of Fantasy Film in '93. It won a Critics Award at Fantasporto. And was nominated for an International Fantasy Film Award of the category of Best Film in 1993. So you know it it uh, it has really uh, uh, been appreciated, I think, quite a bit over the years. I think a lot of people enjoy this one. It's it's a fun one to pull out for Halloween and and, and take a look at. And uh, and commenting, you know, about this idea of a sequel. Like I said, the uh, Bruce Campbell. Uh, he had talked about uh, that there is going to be one, uh, and Sam Raimi's going to be back. So that's cool, and I, I'd, I'd be first in line to go see that. I, I'd, I'd really be thrilled to uh, to get a sequel to this movie. And I've not seen, uh, related to this, I have not seen the Evil Dead uh, reboot that they made uh, just you know within the last year or so that came out, something like that. I Maybe I'll have to watch that uh, now. It looks like it was so different from the originals. You know, it's like a completely different movie, but maybe there are similar plots points to that. I, I don't know anything about it. I haven't seen it, like I said. But uh, now I'm kind of interested in going over this movie with you guys to check out that uh, new Evil Dead, which I think I've heard they're going to do another, like a sequel to that, the rebooted version. They're going to do a sequel, you know. This is Hollywood, folks. You know, they they like just taking old stuff and recycling it. Come on. They did, they've done it with everything. Battlestar Galactica, Star Trek, Star Wars. Army of Darkness, Evil Dead, whatever. It's it's what they do. Godzilla, you know, they're doing that again, uh, which looks cool, by the way. The little the little teaser that was out there, and we've got a teaser. Oh, by the way, speaking of teasers, there's a real short one out for uh, X Men: Days of Future Past too, uh, which looks cool. Real short, like what seven seconds, six seconds long. I think it was released as a Vine originally. Uh, it just shows how the way they're playing with marketing these days. They're releasing teasers on vine if people know what that is uh those short little video clips that people put up about you know crazy stuff and uh seems like the eight between ages of about 13 and 16 work you you don't put up stuff on vine <laughs> i didn't know that movie guys do but i guess they do sometimes maybe it's a good thing because those are the ages that go see the movies for the most part those are the, the the ages that you need to hit so maybe it's a smart move so i hope you guys enjoyed this look at army of darkness uh i'm gonna take a short break 
get some tea and I'll come back and wrap up today's podcast. Uh, let's uh, do what I typically like to do at the end of the show. Let's tell you what's coming up on, on upcoming shows. Next weekend, uh, we're going to uh, have a guest spot. Uh, that'll be the Sunday, November 3rd. Uh, it will be a show about Star Wars ships, and I think they're going to cover the Rebel ships to begin with is what I remember. And that'll be with uh, Jedi Jeff and Rick, Brian, and Joe. That's next weekend. Uh, with the week after that, in two weeks, I'll be back with a uh, look to uh, the next episode uh, of Enterprise that I wanted to cover a follow-up to the Affliction podcast I did a few weeks ago. This is an episode of Enterprise called Divergence. It's the it's the second part of that two-part um, story, I guess, about the Klingons and the ridges and all that. On the 17th of November, we need a, a guest host. we got nobody. Hey, out there, anyone. Who would like to take that spot? <laughs> Shoot me an email, treksf at gmail.com. We need a guest spot for the weekend of November 17th. The weekend after that uh, is the weekend I will be at Austin Comic Con. Uh, and what I am going to do, my plan right now, I'm hoping to do this, I am going to have a, try to create some, uh, some type of an audio slash video slash pictures combined you know podcast of something from what we do and what goes on down at the convention i'm going to try to take a little video take a little audio take some pictures mush it up all together and and get it out to you guys after i get back from the con however that means though depending on how things go it may be it will definitely be released won't be released on that sunday of that weekend because i'll still be down there i'm gonna shoot to try to do it monday when i get back because i get back about midday and i'm taking the day off work so it'll either come out like Monday late or Tuesday perhaps, but look for it early that week for uh, what uh, all the goings-on from Austin Comic Con. So that's the upcoming schedule for Treks in Sci-Fi for uh, basically covering us through November, through the month of November. Uh, just going to be a lot of fun. One last again, uh, pitch to uh, get some shirts ordered. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be a last chance for a while. I don't do shirts very often been a while since i did a t-shirt order and uh so if you want a shirt to show off your love for treks and sci-fi and, and just to let everyone know i don't know if you guys care or not but I, I i basically you know i'm just doing these kind of at cost this isn't any kind of a money-making thing by by any means and actually i'll probably lose a little money don't worry about that but i mean it's it's just for the fun and for uh getting some cool uh you know shirts out there so that's it I think that's all, folks. I hope everyone has a fantastic Halloween. I am hoping to uh, do a sort of a, uh, a dress rehearsal or a dry run with my new Star Trek uniform instead of being a Jedi like I always am for Halloween. Uh, Lynn lengthened my my tunic shirt yesterday. The one I got from Anavos was a little too short, both in this. Um, you know, I've got kind of monkey arms, you know, long arms, tall, and a long body. So, uh it was a little short, but she lengthened it so that it's looking good there. And uh, and I've got custom-made pants. I've got boots. Uh, we're going to do a little Velcro attaching, I think, to the pants today. So 
I got to have something to clip my phaser and communicator to, right? So, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. And, uh, again, happy Halloween to everyone listening. Get out there, you know, put on a costume. Even if you're just handing out candy and you stick a sheet over your head or do something, have some fun with it. It's good. This is the one time of the year you get to be a kid again. Well, besides Christmas, I guess, that you can kind of be a kid there. But uh, I think I, I, I love Halloween. I always have. And uh, it, we get quite a few trick-or-treaters here still. And, and, and it's always good to see what they're wearing. And uh, it, it's it's gone down a little in the years. You know, our neighborhood, uh, I think when people moved into this neighborhood, everybody had kids around the same time. A lot of the uh, kids are like my kids where they've pretty much, uh, you know, are at college age or beyond and have kind of moved away. I mean, we've got some younger ones moving in too, but uh, I think that happens with subdivisions as they age out and uh, uh, at least out where I live right now. So, all right, everyone, I'll talk to you in two weeks. Uh, Again, uh, thanks for listening to this uh, cool, fun look at Army of Darkness for Halloween 2013 on Treks and Sci-Fi. Take care, everyone. (laughs) Bye-bye. This has been a Rick Dosti podcast production.